Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Commission podcast. Uh, today, we have uh, the enigmatically named G. G, to thank. Or Melanisk, as he's known on the forums. Ah, okay. Uh, he uh, commissioned the 2005 film... De battre mon cœur s'est arrêté. Uh, or in English, <laughs> The Beat That My Heart Skipped. Uh, yeah. Directed by Jacques Ayur, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, that is the final... The first and final attempt I will make at trying to say, say these guys' a lot, names. A lot more hacking required. A lot more yeah, phlegm. And, like, oh, yeah. Or something. I, um, I can't do it. But uh, he, he wanted us to, to watch this movie. Uh, I think he was a little bit... He's kind of nervous, but but he picked uh, Jacques. Uh, Jacques, if you remember, was also the director of the later Un Profit. I think it came out four or five years later. Hmm. Uh, that we really, really liked two years ago. Yeah, uh, and I would say the films share a fair amount of similarity in approach and subject matter, but we're also kind of very, also very different in kind of like the tone and what I took away from them. Hmm. Uh, what let's do? We want to do? Do we want to like just talk in general for a few minutes before we spoil the things? Or well, well let me let me ask the customary question yeah. here, which seems almost silly. But have you ever seen this movie before? No, I have not. Okay, neither have I. In fact, this movie was tough. Like I searched for it under its its French name, and I couldn't yeah. find nothing. Like there was a, a option to buy a Region Four DVD for one hundred and fifty eight dollars, <laughs> but I'm like, Jesus, I don't even know if I can. Do I want to hack my Blu-ray to make this work? Do I want to hack my PlayStation Four to make this work? And I mean, I couldn't even find it like on a torrent site. Yeah. Uh, so then we were, I, I sent, I sent uh, Melanisk a message being like, man, I'd, I'd love to see this film, but like, it's really hard to find the copy. And then you said, you, you got the smart idea to search for it under its English name, the beat that my heart skipped. And there's many, many options. Yeah. I was hoping that I'd just find like a DVD of it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I found like one DVD that was region one coded Yeah, and I wasn't sure that it was actually English, but yeah. who knows. But uh, you can under the English name, you can find uh, Blu-rays and DVDs uh, uh, abund- abundantly. Oh, um, okay. So anyway, uh, what do you think of the movie? Uh, I thought it was mostly good. I don't think it was as good as a profit. Interesting. In, in to say it in English, um, but I, yeah, there's something weird about it where it doesn't quite amount to as much as I expected in hmm. in the end of the movie. But I did enjoy, I guess, the journey. Okay. Um, certainly, certainly enjoyed like watching the movie. I think there's some really good acting. Uh, there's also some really great direction. Yeah. Um, good camera work and stuff. And I, I felt like the movie had a tone to it, a really strong vibe to it. But it didn't really have, in my mind, a whole lot to say at the end. Huh. It was more like a character study, which is fine. But yeah, I mean, it didn't really move me. As much as I expected, I have a lot. I, I took, a, I guess, I took away a lot from this movie, and it, it provoked a lot of thoughts in me. And the way, like, I thought it was also an interesting choice to keep the crime at a certain level. Like, yeah. this, this is the least crime crime film I've ever seen until maybe the third act. When, yeah, I mean, it constantly you can feel it under the surface, right? It's yeah. there. You know that at any moment this movie could explode into violence. And I felt like but it doesn't as often as you think it will. But I kind of thought that was cool. Like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of it, like there's a lot of horror film techniques where he just builds the tension, and like mm-hmm. he especially really focuses on this guy's fingers and him <laughs> playing the piano. And then every time he's engaged in an act of violence, there's also 
uh, uh, there's there's also like these shots are dominated by this guy's hands. Yeah, and like I'm constantly thinking like, oh, what's going to happen is his hands are going to get busted up, which right. is going to fuck up this other thing. And or, they do, but it doesn't fuck anything up. Like, right, like like there's there, there's that, that constant tension. Yeah, um, and like you know the the stakes kind of keep ra- rising, and that 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 tension is maintained. But you're right, it doesn't. It doesn't really go anywhere explosive, but maybe, but which but I, I guess is maybe. fine. It's maybe just, it does at the end. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's it's tough th- to say. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like the ending is so interesting and abrupt, mm-hmm. which I guess is another way you could say that is so bizarre and uh, uh, jarring um, that it really kind of took me aback too. Yeah. It kind of, it, it kind of left me. I guess grasping wanting more like yeah. what what is this movie trying to say to me yeah um I wanted some finality to it and I think there's a little bit of that but it's it's very like you said abrupt you know what's interesting because I I admire this movie about as much as I admire Un Profit um and I wonder if this is because when I was watching this I was like I wonder if this is like Guy Ritchie Mm-hmm. That like I have found amongst my friend groups that which Guy Ritchie film is your favorite is essentially which one you saw first. Okay, because the yeah. first time you see a Guy Ritchie film, you're seeing a fucking Guy Ritchie film, and there's nothing quite like it. And everything else, like if you saw Snatch first, it's like, and you go back to Lockstock. Well, this is just a a cheaper, crappier, lower budget <laughs> version of Snatch. And if you see like uh, uh, Rock and Rolla, well, that's just a slightly more lavish, big budget and woke version of Snatch. Like, you know what I mean? And I wonder if this is a little bit of that. Like, Un Profit is kind of his building upon all these techniques and taking it to the next level. You saw that one. Like, if you saw this first, you'd been like, oh, this is amazing. You saw Un Profit, and it's like, oh, my God, it's even better. Yeah. Kind of Quentin Tarantino's the same way, too. Sure. Yeah, like with Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, definitely. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I get what you're saying there, especially as this movie is kind of a remake of another movie it's almost like an add-on yes. to which uh, i want to see harvey keitel as a right. young man playing this tortured gangster pianist yeah from the naked, 70s apparently called, yeah so it's a movie from the 70s called fingers which mm-hmm. i guess was looked at as sort of melodrama and like this very sort of out there kind of movie right. where where it, it's its emotions were maybe a little too ham-fisted. Which I thought is funny because this movie is no slouch in the melodrama. Oh, like, yeah. Like, this guy's a fucking raw nerve. Uh-huh. Like, it was... it It's it is in, it's intense. This guy is intense every moment of the fucking movie. Yeah, and at times I thought the themes of the movie were a little ham-fisted too. But, hmm. but this is, like, not quite a... a a remaking of yeah. that movie. Right. Um, it's supposed to be like a, a retelling of a similar story, not right. an exact duplicate. Right. Or an expansion of certain themes and elements from that. Yeah. But I'd have to see the first one, which seems like, you know, it seems like a crazy experimental film. Right. But I couldn't escape. Like, as I was reading reviews of this movie, everybody <laughs> mentioned this movie Fingers. Like, right. everybody to a T, to a right. letter. I mean, I guess um, it would be like reading a review of The Magnificent Seven without the first two or three paragraphs saying, of course, this is a remake of Akira Kurosawa's, you know, Seven Samurai. Like, if you don't sure. mention it, it's like, what the fuck? But but you it know? makes me wonder, like, how... So, A, like, if which whichever one you see first, you might like better, right? D- depending on, you know, what order you see them in. Right. But also, like... What what is different? You know, I I wish I had time to go mm-hmm. and watch the original like mm-hmm. fingers that this is based off of, mm-hmm. but I didn't. 
I wonder if uh, Harvey Keitel's fingers get all busted up. Uh, probably. I mean, there's even more. Fo- they're right there in the title. This yeah. is all hearts and beats, and this fingers. I feel like fingers this has a movie. more elegant title than <laughs> fingers. <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. <laughs> uh, so that was so. There's. I, I guess we'll just jump right into talking about the movie. Although, actually, let me let me try to get to uh, Melanie's feedback first. Um, okay. This movie is one of the first serious movies that I've ever that I ever watched when I started to get interested in cinema. Suffice to say that for my first viewing, I remembered mostly the general plot, the soundtrack, the performance of the lead actor. With more viewing experience, I enjoyed the second viewing probably more, especially the character development and the journey Thomas goes through. The lead actor, Romain Dury, I think, plays perfectly this character torn between two worlds as you see his softer and happier side starting to resurface once he meets his old piano teacher. Despite the path he's taken and the physical and verbal brutality on display, you can see throughout the movie glimpses of his good heart. All that makes you wonder how different his path would have been if his mother had still been alive. You can say by the end, Thomas goes through a true, a full transformation. His job is a compromise between his skills and passion, being the manager and agent of his partner. He has to deal with his darker side one more time and luckily doesn't pull the trigger. While the story ends there, you'd think the Russian will look for retribution given that he's still alive, but I suppose that's beside the point as Thomas seems to have accepted his new role and dealt with the demons of his past. Hmm. Overall, I was enthralled by this movie. Love this atmosphere, soundtrack, and main storyline. As a last note, could you find similarities with the movie Un Profit? Uh, that would make sense, as was directed by the same person. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, I mostly... I, I, I actually completely agree with Melanus's, uh analysis here. Um, hmm. I thought the same thing, because when... Of course, you know, we're going to get into spoilers, of course, we already have. Um, when he beats the piss out of that Russian gangster, mm-hmm. like, my thought was him not killing him, like, is that a mistake? Because if you kill him, you might get away with it free. And then, like, also, right. if you get caught for killing this Russian gangster, uh, how much more is the penalty going to be than just, just beating the, the living piss out of him, you know? <laughs> Uh-huh. Like seems like you could do. He also deserves it. Yeah, you, you like give someone a, 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 a near fatal beating. Like, is that like eight years in in, in French jail, and then you murder someone that's fifteen? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough because I, I, I struggle to see where the line between like his old life and his new life is at this point. Because throughout the movie, they draw this very like distinct bright line between you know thematically between like father and mother yeah. um violence and and like beauty sex and love like yeah. all of these like distinct bright white lines that he keeps jumping to either side of and he keeps like dancing on the edges of it where it's fuzzy and then at the end of the movie i feel like they lean into that and they say this guy had this very stable thing for 2 years mm-hmm. where he is now the manager he's accepted all that everything that melanus says but then in what is like a, a almost identical mirror of how he gets sent down the piano journey uh-huh. by like this random spotting yeah. of this person on yeah. the street. Th- that exact thing happens in the other direction now at the end. So I don't know what to think about his future. It reminded me a lot of the feel of Marlo Stanfield from the wire going back on the streets and, you know, jumping some dude on the corner. Like he just got off of right. racking up body counts in the dozens made a shit pile of money and has going to suffer no legal consequences. Right. And then he goes right back into it. You it's think, like, I mean, they don't make it explicit, but it's like the, that. Yeah. Like, like that. And, and the way you just described it, how, like, I didn't even see the, 
the lyrical nature of this happenstance meeting to pull him back because because it did feel like yeah you're not like your 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 Chinese piano playing wife is not going to be cool <laughs> with what she finds at the end of this concert you're making right. cute, like this is a frozen image of like a cracked photograph right? yeah right? yeah like this like his his life has already begun to fall apart we're just not going to stick around and see the pieces fall. Yeah, and I so I don't know where that leaves us with Tom at the hmm. end. Hmm. That's pretty... that's that's why it was so confusing to me. You know, yeah. it, it wasn't like this thing that said, "Here's what you should think." It was yeah. more of like very up in the air to me. Yeah, but I think you're right. If he killed him, maybe. <sighs> yeah, I'm, if he killed him, that would have really that would have really changed the film. I I will say that yeah. like I found myself there's a couple things like I don't think this movie was shot on a tripod once. Yeah, it yeah. was very handheld the whole time, and I, I, I kept on wondering, like maybe during some of these still scenes, these quiet scenes, these emotional scenes, you should fucking put it on a tripod because your 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 twitching and leering around is giving this like nervous energy that I don't think it's supposed to be in a scene. But then I'm thinking, well, on the other hand, maybe he's trying to suggest that even in these quiet moments, this roiling emotion is happening mm-hmm. beneath this guy's skin. Right. But then I'm like, well, the fact that I'm debating this as I'm watching the movie means I'm distracted and it's probably not it's probably not as 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 cool as, as it was intended to be. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, to me it worked in like a lot of the piano scenes, which was weird. Like this Well, there was a lot of quite... there was a lot of anger and frustration in those scenes. Yeah, yeah. He he was working out some issues in the piano scenes. I think, and more especially, the one I was really distracted is some of the moments where him and his buddy's wife realize they're falling in love, walking down the street. Yeah, yeah. and the camera's just like kinetically and swinging around and like unsteady and leaning in and out. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, put this like this. Yeah. Can I can I watch these people act for for a minute? <laughs> This is a quiet, intense scene, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's it. Adds intense. Maybe I'm not supposed to feel comfortable watching those scenes. Yeah. Um, because I mean, yeah, there's a lot of ah. This guy is such an interesting fellow because there's a lot. Like I think Melanus, so there's you, you want to root for this guy, but then he just does some crazy maladaptive things that make you be like, oh my god, this is why you're in the situation you're in. But then you see his dad. <laughs> who, who, like, man, this guy, this guy's the French Marlon Brando, right? He, he was, he was Caesar, like this, like old, maybe going a little soft, but still very dangerous gangster and un profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should probably stop doing it, say a prophet. Um, and then in this, he's like, uh, what would you call him? Like, um, he's like a washed up. Uh, he's a low level s- criminal. Like, yeah, he's a he's a fucking slumlord. He's an aging slumlord yeah. that had a, had some coins in his pocket back in the day and used to be cool, and he's trying to uh, keep on uh, keep a hold of that. But he's really dragging his son back because I guess his ace up the, co- the in his sleeve was of all the slumlords, he had a son that was willing to beat people, to, uh, beat the piss out of people uh-huh. on command. And you have you know, so he had of all the non criminal criminals, he was the one that had muscle. It's like imagine the the only weed dealer in town that's willing to use a baseball bat on people. Yeah. That's a huge competitive advantage in that market. Right. <laughs> and that gray that very gray market. Yeah, and that's where I think like the relationship between Tom and his father gets a little ham fisted because the movie opens yeah. with 
this conversation that he's having with one of his real estate buddies. Right. Um, one of his partners. And he's he's talking about how when his, before his father died, we, he got sick and he had to take care of him and how right. like it was such a burden on him, but he didn't want it to end. Um, and how it was, it was a switching the of phenomenon roles. of, yeah, the, the son becoming the father, essentially, right. to his own father. Right. Um, and it started with before the physical de- deterioration with like you know dating advice and like should i get remarried which we see him which we see happening to tom in this movie and it's like that's where it's a little ham-fisted to me it's like okay i understand what you're trying to do here but good god just pull it back a little bit well movie's not allowed to establish its themes in the first in the cold open gym oh absolutely but then to lay it on so thick yeah um, the relationship with the father seemed like the most stilted part of it to me. It did feel like there was this weird cyclical switching of places because like, you know, uh he came to this this Chinese pianist uh and she knows nothing about the culture or language and he's actually an accomplished guy. He's got a lot of raw piano talent. Yeah. Um but they you know he's got the student master relationship with her. But then in you know like the in the second act of the movie that develops between like a mutual te- uh, like student uh master kind of situation mm-hmm. as he's teaching her French and right. he's starting to like push back on some of her um, I guess rules and stipulations for for teaching him and all that kind of stuff. So I, and I thought, and there's also like, you know, these guys are friends, they're now partners, and there's now like some bad blood going on in the business. And I, I guess that's the thing I thought was really interesting is seeing like all of the flaws of his father, like like the fact that he's just a little soft, um, he's a little mm-hmm. too trusting, he's yeah. a little too maybe big hearted for this business. Um, I thought that stuff was really interesting. And it, it made me think a lot about, like, like even the ethics of moonlighting. Like, I remember, uh, you know, one of the decisions that influenced my decision to go, like, full-time to podcasting was my growing awareness that my focus was not on the thing that I was getting my money for. And how fundamentally, <laughs> at some point, if you want to be a upright person... You got to, you got, you, you got to like, you know, put the focus, you, you got to choose which place you're going to put your focus because you, eventually if you keep doing that, you'll, 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 you know, have uncomfortable situations and you'll probably get fired and it's going to go bad <laughs> anyway. So you might as well like, be, yeah. and, and I thought that was interesting. Like these low level gangsters kind of like, Hey, what's this is piano shit. Yeah. Like, it's fine. I don't care what you do in your time, but like, it's fucking with our pay or our, our, our bank and our payroll. Right. I make balsa models with my kids. I still make my meetings. Exactly. Yeah. I thought that was that, that just, I don't know, man. It like, I felt like even though I have nothing in common with this guy, I identified with a lot of the shit that he was going through. Right. Um, either as kind of like, um, like oh yes, like it's, it's like I've ha- had that exact same feeling um, in a different part of my life, or like oh god, that would be me, but for the grace of God, you know, kind of like the, the, the situations. Like there's another, uh, I, I recognize another actor in this film. It was the blonde from uh, Inglorious Bastards. Hmm. I'm not calling her do you remember she's the one that like blew up the film or had the she she owned the film that uh the, the, the so she was in she was the russian um mobster's girlfriend huh like do okay you, did that whole scene where he was essentially stalking her throughout the hotel yeah. that was super fucking uncomfortable oh yeah like i'm like is he going to and the way they end up playing it it's just like um 
you know, no, that was just his come on. And she's like, ultimately, I guess, giggly and happy about it. But like, is that a friend? Is that is that is is is. Am I uncomfortable watching that because I'm an American and we're going through this whole like Me Too and Time's Up movement and I'm looking at a culture who thinks it's cool to greet with the double kisses? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, but I, I definitely thought that was weird. Not, yeah. not not from like the say what you will about whether or not it's like right or wrong ethically. I'm, I just felt weirdly placed in the movie. Like why is this guy – going to go sleep with the girlfriend of the the person who's menacing his father and stole his money like I think what is that it. I think he seduced her just to get the lowdown on the guy like are those goons like bodyguards or they are guys with guns is this guy a rich businessman or is he a gangster like I think he did it just hmm. I, I think he did it just to get intelligence because okay. we never saw her in any other part of the movie right yeah I, I don't know there's some like weird stuff i guess with the women in this film as they relate to tom too because yeah the, the, he has a couple of well he, he definitely has one relationship with uh his real estate buddy's wife right. whatever her name is um and whatever his name is i don't know but that relationship doesn't seem like he professes oh it, it's love like we we get all giggly around each other and we clam up and we can't talk and like right. that's to him and her in that moment love but it's not uh, it's clearly not love right right there's just this passionate i guess um fling they have mm-hmm. throughout the film now i couldn't tell and and correct me if i'm wrong but i think there's like a very low level budding romance between him and the piano teacher yeah um toward the end of this movie i actually thought that was the primary love interest in the one like in act one and then act two right. i was mostly oh, i guess i fucked up that <laughs> No, but I th- I do think like that is a more honest and yes. and respectful relationship yes. that's budding there, yeah, yeah, and yeah. we don't see it like come to fruition really. But it's there's an implication that it could, yeah. Uh, and to me, that's like another one of these lines that it's drawing between like sex and love, because uh, he I don't think loves the the woman that he's banging in the middle of the movie. his buddy's wife. No, I think he's maybe infatuated. I yes. think maybe he's got a thing for her. Yeah. based on looks, but this piano thing is much more honest and respectful right but i that's the other thing is i kept on thinking like you know it, when i was talking about like that meta-analysis going i was like how do i feel when i'm watching the scene and how do i feel about the way this guy is dealing with women and all that stuff it's like i was, I was wondering like what the movie wanted me to think and i felt like the movie was just showing this behavior and didn't have an opinion on it one way or another yeah and it kind of is like up to you to decide like you know what is the cautionary tale and what are you supposed to learn from that which i kind of I guess I I admire because I mm-hmm. think you trust the audience to come to the correct conclusions about the the the, the, the stuff that's on display. Um, it must be hard to tell something like that from a neutral frame of reference. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know, but that, of course, I'd, it'd be interesting to get someone else's opinion on it. Like, I'd love to know, like, were any of these scenes controversial in France when it was when when it came out? you know 15 years almost ago 15 or, years yeah right or is is this you know is 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 my frame of reference shifted a lot because of what's going on in hollywood and etc mm-hmm. um it's weird though because a movie like that can also feel very flat to me like yeah. it's, where it's not encouraging me to feel a certain way yeah um where it's more just establishing like a general tone and i felt like that in this movie like it left me 
pretty cold at the end. Like mm-hmm. I, I never, I guess there was one scene where I really felt something, which I guess runs counter to what I was saying about his, him and his father's relationship being stilted. There was one scene where it paid off. And when his father dies and he goes into the room and he sees him, uh, it, it's a credit to what's his name? Robert Robert. Yeah. I don't, um, I, yeah. <laughs> Dury to Dury's oh, yeah. acting. Romain, Romain Dury. Romain. Yeah. Um, to his acting that I was moved by that scene, mm-hmm. by his performance in that scene, even though I felt like some of the most tilted stuff was the father and son relationship here. Um, so, first of all, I totally agree. I had a notes that, like, this guy quietly losing his shit at his father's yeah. murder and, like, how he played it with, like, I would never have thought to, like, throw some retching and gagging. And, like, <laughs> right. Like, it adds tr- so much to it. Yeah, and I'm like, once again, like, I'm like, how do you ever date an actor? Or, like, how can, <laughs> if someone can, someone uh-huh. can bust that out on when someone says action, how the fuck can you ever trust? Like, no, I'm not trying to manipulate you to my own ill-gotten gain. I'm, I'm honestly feeling this, this human emotion right now. Like, Jesus Christ. Well, it's because after they, like, bring you to tears, they say, give me one more. Just one more take. <laughs> But here's the thing, like I, like my dad and I have, I mean my dad's not a aging slumlord, right? But like I, I really identified with like his quietly trying to destroy his son's dreams, and <laughs> oh boy, I'm curious where this is. going. Well, I mean, I'd worry that my dad would hear this on the podcast, except for he's literally never listened to any of my podcasts. <laughs> Um, so I'm safe. I'm safe. If this is your first one, old man, it serves you fucking right. Uh Um, but anyway, like, and I, I I was watching and I'm like, but it's tough as a parent that you, you know, when your children set out to do something very difficult and risky, Mm -hmm. you don't want to see them fail and you don't want to see them like in a bad spot. Like, so what is the right thing to do? Yeah, when like, the odds are against them. When the odds are like my yeah. son, like right now, as, as my my son wants to be an astronaut, and I'm like fully supportive of that because if you set your goal to that path, like there's lots of ways you can crash and still like, well, yeah. shit. I wonder if there's uh, something to be done with the astrophysicist or like, yeah, you'll, right. you'll find work, you'll be fine. Um, whereas like if he's like, I want to be, I don't know, guy who kicks shit on the sidewalk like that that'd be i mean an actor is a perfect example right right there are a few fallbacks when your acting career fails but but also like you know when does when does he give up on the astronaut deal because the reality is there's going to be the eight billion people on this planet and a hundred slots maybe right available throughout the whole world like you've literally got better odds being a professional basketball player Mm -hmm. um I, like, when do you be like, hey, you know what? Maybe it is time to, like, try. So I, I I don't know because, like, this guy's like, seems like his 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 philosophy is uh, you've got a good thing. It's paying the bills. You're making a lot of money. Why the yeah. fuck would you risk everything on this piano thing? Yeah, don't don't aspire to anything better. Right. Because this is stable. Yeah. Like, I don't, and then, like, what what point as a, as a parent do you pull that? And what point, like, are you supposed to be like, you know what? Um, you can always crash on my couch for as long as you need if you fail. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to give you that safety net that you will not be on the street homeless and starving if, if this blows up in your face. Like, I, those, those are super good questions. That's like, I feel like this movie's sneaky good because it was, it was, it was bringing those feelings out that I've been having about my father and my son and, and like putting them on display and, yeah. And not even being explicitly about that, but stuff that I can I can hook onto. Is that a good movie, or is that just like it hit me in the right spot at the right time? Yeah, I mean, there are definitely things that I identify with, like that 
that conversation, you know, at the beginning about the father essentially becoming the son who needs to be taken care of and vice versa. Yeah. Um, you know, as someone with aging parents, it's something that I think about every once in a while. Sure. Um, even though I don't have like a very good relationship with my parents, it's something uh-huh. that could still come up. So like, right. I, and you know, I have like a minor in whatever way it is relationship with music. So like uh-huh. this movie, I was primed to really be wowed by it uh-huh. and it just, it didn't do it. It didn't get there hmm. for me. I thought it was weird. His relationship to music, like his music seemed like it was painful to bring forth. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like, and it looked like he was like, you know, studying people who was very, made it look very elegant. And like, you know, this, like, I, I, I don't, I don't know enough about piano play to know like why it's important to have these is what it seems like energy wasting giant <laughs> effect affected hand movements to play the, the 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 instrument. It seems like you could probably be more technically proficient if you minimize all that bullshit. But again, what do I know? It's not about the technicality. But, but he really struggled with like you know making it like 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 putting the right emotion to a piece. Like he was always yeah. bringing this anger and intensity, and sometimes that's not what you need, I guess, to play piano. Sure. And also, and it ties in with you know how he must have felt about his mother, right? They don't really right. go into it, but through the experience of watching him playing piano, yeah, you can kind of deduce a lot. Yeah, and um, that's like you know what this guy was saying about uh, what Melanus was saying about um, you know the fact that you, you wonder what would happen if he his mother had stayed in there. But on the other hand, like you think about his mother's fate of being married to this boorish oaf, and she's a concert pianist, like. Uh, you know, you could have known your mother as, instead of this, like, beautiful figure from your youth. She could have been this broken down, beaten down old woman who's bitter about everything. She could be Bojack sure. Horseman's mom. Like, eh, sometimes things happen, and it's just the way things happen. Yeah. But I thought that stuff was interesting. Like, why did they show his partner fucking him on the contract? Uh, I don't really know. There's Maybe because, th- because he had, in his partner's mind, lost the thread, you know? Wasn't taking it seriously, so didn't deserve the reward for it. See, I felt like that happened early on enough in the movie after, like, I I watched the very first scene. I guess the second scene is um, his partner trying to weasel a bigger share on a deal that he didn't do as much work on in return for 50% of the a bigger deal that maybe this... I, I, I don't right. know exactly, but like that was kind of like this fair... And then he got screwed out of it later, and I'm like... Yeah. And he, I don't think he had started slipping at that point, so I started thinking, like, why Why is hmm. this fucking scene in this movie? It's got to be trying to tell me something. Yeah. Is it like... Maybe it's about the cutthroat world. Is it like the fact that, like, this guy is just not willing, like, you know, he, 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 he wants to treat his friends as friends. He doesn't want to get a fucking lawyer and draft up a contract and... And, you know, like he's he's just he's I guess he already was distracted because he had met the he was a little bit the music teacher, the manager was his mother's booking agent. Uh, Yeah, I forget his name. Uh, mm, Can't whatever. It's the guy. Yeah, yeah. I I think they they had already seen the maybe he missed a meeting Uh at at that point. Um, But I think it also serves to show you like illustrate that world a little more clearly, too. Right. Like. Mm -hmm. You know, these people are bad people. This guy's a bad guy all around. He's right. cheating on his wife. He's fucking his partners out of contracts, out of money that they're owed and they agreed upon. Like, that is a bad guy. Yeah. Um. And so it just shows you what kind of people are in the that world. And also, like, who he surrounded himself with, you yeah. know? Because like, it's like, yeah, you don't get to choose your dad, but... 
you know, you hang around these scumbags that make you do terrible things like beat people up and mm-hmm. and you aid and abet them cheating on their spouses like you know there's there's a cost to all that maybe that's why he can't escape it maybe there's more yeah. i kept on saying maybe there's there's more of them and him than he cares to admit yeah, i, I don't be. know i mean it's certainly at that time yeah but um it's so weird because like there's also the interaction that I don't know if this is interesting to talk about, but like I want to go back to that 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 very awkward first meeting between his dad's girlfriend and him, mm-hmm. where calls her a whore. Yeah. So do face. you? So do you think? I mean, I I kind of felt like he was coming from a reasonable place, like from his line of questioning and her answers, it seemed very suspicious. But and also like you know going back to my whole you know. What's the difference between a very skilled gold digger mm-hmm. and a model that just happens to be interested in your old man because he's a funny guy who likes to tell stories and makes her feel like makes her laugh? Like, right? There's no way you can tell from the outside. So, like, it's kind of like, is that like because what we talked about as your parents is, is is your job as the son to like try to steer them away from the worst possible, or is your your job to be like, hey, go for the go for the gold, and you know I'll still be here if if everything fucking falls apart. Well, I in my mind, Tom was biased from the very beginning, and I don't know if it's because he doesn't want his father remarrying out of respect for his mother, or mm-hmm. he just doesn't like this person. But from the moment he lays eyes on her, right, he's intensely disrespectful, right. Um, he doesn't even give her the chance to say why she loves right. his father. You know, and he does it in a very superficially charming way. Like he's right. He like he's acting all playful, but right. she knows that's not the case. Yeah, she yeah, gets yeah, yeah. What's the, happening the, the here? Tone, yeah, yeah. And she uh, tries to to level with him. That's the other thing I thought was interesting is how often this guy uses manipulation to get his way when he could just like use the truth, like like just just like uh-huh. you know, like just be honest about how you feel and what you want instead of trying to like because because to your point about him being in love with the guy buddy's wife i actually thought that that was a stunt he pulled me too just to get get back at that guy just and and just to get the heat off of him like this is essentially like i i gotta well Hmm. i guess i'm gonna have to you know to keep your wife happy i'm gonna have to start fucking her now like i i don't know if that's ultimately bears out if i'd watch it if i watch this movie again but like that's the thing, like, it's, I really don't have a good read on how good of a guy this, this guy is. Like, is he a goodwill hunting type character where he's got this beauty inside him and he's going to prevail? Or is he more uh, of a conventional, like, Michael Corleone, where he's just not going to ever be able to get out of this? I think it's possible that it's also um, a little both, you know? he's He does have this good heart to him, but he's yeah. also got this violent, um, I guess mean streak yeah and it's that's the other thing like i I keep on like poking at the margins of what i want to talk about because this film is interesting but it's 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 very like structurally complex like it's just kind of layered and things kind of go in submarine there's not like like conventional like arcs that things go through and like like causes don't have necessary immediately discernible effects um but the the framing like the precise level of crime that's what I want to talk about this like this is like I, I I joked about it being the least crime crime film I've ever seen but it's essentially like lowering the property value like of an already like you go to a a shitty apartment complex and unleash a bucket of rats 
Uh-huh. So everyone moves out, and now the property owner, who's already probably in distress, is now looking to unload for cheap, and you you swipe swoop in, yeah, and then sell it to like you're the middleman. Like there's 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 is that illegal? Like I'm sure it's illegal to dump buckets of rats in <laughs> shithole apartments, but it's like the least. Yeah, it, it's kind of like illegal. Like selling loose cigarettes is illegal, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 petty corruption at work. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not a high crime. Yeah, but I thought that was the, the constraining the vi- like like the, the the constraining the the violence and crime and danger to that like very small like like petty street crime was interesting, and it it never really busted out of there until again late in the third act. I guess I would almost describe that as a weird form of extortion. Mm-hmm. Like you're extorting a lower price. Like it's it's unbeknownst to the owner of the property, really. But like you have, it's fraud. It's it's certainly fraud. It's vandalism. <laughs> it's probably all of the above. Honestly, you could probably yeah. be charged with all of that. You just Rico those motherfuckers. Yeah, um, it's, it's too. But it's it's like if a, if I'm just thinking of like how ridiculous it would be if a police officer caught you in the sidewalk with like a fucking suitcase or a pillowcase full of rats. Uh-huh. Like, hey, 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 what's going on here? What what's going on? Ah, oh, sack of rats, eh? I don't like the smell of this. No, sir. No, sir. Like, what <laughs> That's the a fuck? Third one this week. Yeah, it's like, I want to <laughs> cite you for illegal possession of rodents, see? I, I Suddenly the cops are talking like 30s gangsters. It's yeah. it's a mixed up role switching world, this, this movie. Uh, but it's, there is something to that. I wish I was smarter and I can articulate <laughs> um, I feel I, you. It's it's not like you know uh, the Godfather where people it's life and death all the right, time, right? Right. It's it's a few francs here or there. Or like imagine like a Goodfellas where uh, what's his face never never grew out, but uh, ne- never did anything more wrong than stealing a carton of cigarettes. Yeah, you know, or 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 the whole movie's about him keeping punks off of people of gangsters cars you know uh-huh. like until until the, so the other thing i want to talk about is after the shocking murder of his father which wasn't all that shocking mm-hmm. uh do you think the movie should have ended there like the two years later business i the more i think about it the more i've talked about it with you it does introduce like i guess a more ambiguous like deliberately ambiguous ending mm-hmm. but I don't know that I found out anything new or interesting about Thomas's character with the next 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean... It's a weird I epilogue. It, I suppose it depends on what you want out of the movie, right? If you want this ambiguous ending, that's cool. But, like, for me, I would have liked to hit a more emotional note at the end of it um, that kind of left me understanding Tom and his future trajectory a little bit more. Uh so, yeah, I would have liked it to be a little more definitive. And whether that means ending after his father dies and maybe he, like, looks up this this Russian guy or whoever he was. Um, or it goes on a little bit longer beyond, mm-hmm. you know, the end scene that we get. Yeah. To maybe explain, here's the trajectory we set him on. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's tough to do because, like, when you, you you just said the your suggestion is like show a little bit more of his trajectory. I like Maybe. keep thinking of like the fucking the ending of like La La Land and how kind of like ridiculous mm-hmm. that attempt to do that was. And of course, this movie wouldn't do it La La Land style, but hmm. it's tough. It's tough because at the end of the day, you're right. It's a character study. There are no wrong answers. Um, what was he trying to do with this film? He was 
I don't know. He was telling a story that was successfully told. And I mm-hmm. thought it was super interesting and gripping. And I, I also felt like I was wanting a little bit more, but maybe that too is all intentional. Yeah, I, I guess I want to talk a little bit about the music too, because throughout the, the movie we see him with sort of two forms of music. There's this electronic music that he is clearly into. He's got a whole bunch of mixers and like shit like that in his apartment. Um, uh-huh. And then he also is into the piano music, the classical yeah. stuff. Um, and those are kind of, you know, talking about this bright white line, they're, they're two sides of that coin as well. Right, you right. know, electronic music is made essentially by computers and it's all about timing and like none of, none of it feels like art. None right. of it feels like it has passion in it. It's almost devoid of it. And then you look at the classical stuff and it's all about the passion. If you say that three times in a mirror, Skrillex comes and, and kicks your ass. <laughs> oh, I'll avoid that. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I see the, there's a duality there to him. And, and the fact that as he progresses more toward the classical side of it, he also progresses further away from this underground crime ring. Right. Um, has to be saying something about the nature of, or I guess the the lack of emotion in right. the electronic music that he's listening to, you know? Right, He's right. becoming, like, more of a feeling human being as he moves further and further away from the electronic music. And I don't know if that's intentional on the part of the creator or not yeah maybe the what you're supposed to really feel of that ending is what a tragedy is the fact that this guy has escaped that world he has completely gotten away from it um and then he sees the russian and a Mm -hmm. better thomas would be like wow how far i've come you know like that could have been me i could have gone down that path and like be lost like my father or pathetic like my father and murdered like my father but instead he just jumps right back now i do think that Part of it is you're supposed to notice that his partners are in business with this Russian guy, right? Oh shit, are they? I thought that the the be- I thought either the beefy one or the wife cheating one was <laughs> okay. was was getting out of the car with this guy, and I think that you're supposed to understand huh. that maybe that's that be- that ultimate betrayal, that ultimate rat like nature is what what set him off. Wow, yeah. If that's the case, I totally missed it. But I don't know if that adds any more. Like I said, I, I don't know if that adds that adds resonance to that that scene at all. Because again, I, the more I think about it, the more it's like, well, it's just a tragedy. Like he had he had worked so hard to. I mean, and they do they do a lot of. We we talked about how they play with their expectations as far as like, oh, this guy's going to get his hands busted up, whatever. Yeah. But you know, two years later, and he's sitting in front of his concert piano, and he's tuning it, and he's giving stage directions, and saying, "Don't let anybody else." Like you're thinking that he's made it, right? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. And then, some point in the conversation he has with his, I guess, now wife. Oh, I don't. I don't think so because he asks if she. Well, he asks if she wants to sit in the back or up front with him, and she says up front with him, which I guess. They could be married, and it's like about the show. But they're dating, right? I, I thought Maybe, he was asking, like, do you, you, you do you want to make a big like person, like you know, like, right, like right, make the yeah. big entrance, like I'm your chauffeur, or whatever. Right, right. Um, I wow, that blows my mind that because I, I just Maybe, thought that they were sure. a couple for sure. So you think he's just her manager? I thought maybe he was just the manager, and there was this budding romance that hadn't happened yet. Oh, because it's weird. I I almost corrected you on that when you first said it. But I thought it's like, oh, I see what he's saying. He's like, he's 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 talking from the point of before the epilogue happens. But no, no I, I felt thought, that way all the way through. Okay, Maybe I missed yeah. some dialogue or something that uh, I I don't know. I um. Because, like I said, maybe that's also I just was biased to 
want them to get together because I remember early on, as soon as they were, were met, I'm like, okay, well, this is a conventionally attractive woman, and this is a conventionally attractive man, and they're opposites and their approach and their language, and so it's a natural they're going to get together. I but, mean, there's definitely the neck rub. Like, that's... Yeah, that, that's, that's not... definitely, like, a semi-sexual sort of thing. But it's France. Because so they knows? linger on it. But, yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't greet people with double kisses. I don't. So. Yeah, I'd be like the... I'd be like... I said, I said Japanese. I'm sorry. Chinese. I'd be like the Chinese woman where she's kind of, like, taken aback, but not in an unpleased yeah. way. <laughs> right. Um, I, I just can't... The other thing is I just can't get over how full throttle this guy was, like, throughout the whole freaking movie. I'm trying yeah. to think of a performance that was... That's kind of like this caged and restless uh, that I've seen before, and I I I I, I know I've seen him. Crank, but, yeah. Jason Statham and Crank. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, I was thinking like maybe like I, I think Christian Bale has gone there in a couple of his performances, and like mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio maybe, but he's just like really. I'm kind of surprised because I looked up all these people's IMDb's yeah. to see if they've crossed over, and you know, obviously the the woman I mentioned from uh, Inglorious Bastards has. The guy who plays Caesar has done a couple things, or I don't know what his Thomas's dad. Um, and I I've seen a couple of the others around, but I'm actually kind of surprised the main guy doesn't, from what I can tell, hasn't really crossed over. Hmm. Maybe he doesn't speak English. <laughs> I mean, you kind of need to do that to be in Hollywood, yeah. Yeah, but there's like a lot of like you know like Jean Reno like. Speaks oh, sure. very, very heavily accented, and mm-hmm. you can also like learn the shit phonetically. I mean, I barely speak English, and I'm I got a podcast, so That's there's true. that. <laughs> um, uh, the other thing on the music front, why is all the music in English? Is that do they listen to a lot of English music in France? I think, like, I think that's the the fact is like you know, you know, United States pop culture is the dominant pop culture of the world. Sure, like, hold on. <laughs> Whoa. Like here in America, there's segments of society that listens to like K pop or whatever. But yeah. like imagine if like seventy five percent of US adults were conversant in K pop. Like mm-hmm. you, I, I feel like that yeah, maybe that's uh that that's just a thing. That's like that no 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 French person would be like, Oh, that's weird that they have all these American versions of songs. Yeah. Um yeah, they, I don't know. they they also fight dirty in france apparently. oh my god what a vicious ball grab thanks for mentioning because i thought i didn't write that down because i thought for sure it just organically come up but yeah, yeah not since not since eugene <laughs> bit dwight's uh-huh. dick have i seen such a vicious go at the genitals in fact i was thinking <laughs> like if you're a russian you just shoot the guy you like you to. you yeah. unload every round in your clip like what a weird response to pain to like <laughs> To just seize up and yeah, pass just, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think that you would you would just like just do anything to get that thing off. If, so you had a gun in your hand, yeah. you just blah 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 blah. <laughs> um, so yeah, unconventional technique. I thought I thought he was going to die. I, the, the whole time yeah. I'm I'm worried that like this guy's going to die. He's going to mm-hmm. get his hands bust, busted up. Something's going to happen to him. Yeah, but I don't know. I think what's going to happen to him is he's going to lose the romance with the. Chinese pianist, and he's going to be carrying sacks full of rats yeah. and accosted by 1930s gangster policemen oh, what if all he, along the streets of Paris. What if he filled pianos with rats? <sighs> he could be like the 
the slumlord version of a concert pianist. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice Steinway you have there. <laughs> right. Shame, shame it was infested with rats. You know, he, he had such a promising career, but then there was that <laughs> night with the rats. and Rats just came out of his tuxedo, and yeah. the whole place went up in screams. And that Tom guy, he's not the greatest pianist we've got, but yeah. he is the only one who's willing to play. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. The only one who hasn't been rat-stricken. Right. I wonder why. Right, right. Everybody else has come down with the bubonic plague. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah, that scene where the guy unleashes the rats and then he sprints out all worried that he got bit by the rats, like they crawled up his legs. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, they were doing they were doing some kind of deal there where there, there's some like I said, there's there's a lot of a lot of lyrical aspects of this. Like the them using rats and the guy who's most uncomfortable with rats suggesting to use the rats and then him calling his partner who's trying to fuck him over to deal a rat. Like there is something that's I don't know. Maybe that's just what they're saying. Like some of the stuff maybe is not clever. It's just like that's that's what they're doing thematically. Yeah, and I mean some of it is just that's how things go sometimes. Like Mar- you know? Marilyn Manson wears giant contact lenses to make his eyes look black. Why does he do it? It's what yeah, he does, man. It's yeah. what he does. Like I, th- mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this guy uses rat imagery in in a circular lyrical way because it's just what he does, man. It's just what he does. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there we go. Do we? Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Oh, uh, not unless let's talk about the, had some more. Questions. Yeah, let's talk about the the similarities between a prophet. Um, okay. I mean, a prophet. The, the sort of the, the the biggest similarity is a prophet is about a young man who is very smart and resourceful and talented, um, going to jail and becoming a much better criminal mm-hmm. and like squandering the 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 potential he had to be like a leader and a man of peace and all this other stuff um yeah i mean the the similarities on that on that level are pretty obvious mm-hmm. but it's weird because like i got the clear one of the themes of a, a prophet is that the system is failing this particular person yeah like, it's not getting him help, even though we remarked a lot of times, like, wow, it's really kind of, like, forward-thinking that they get this work release program for trusted criminal and, like, all this other stuff. And this, it's, like, it's weirdly inverted that the system is being used to criminals' advantage to legally deprive people of money and possessions. Um, okay. So it's like a, yeah. it's like a different way that the, cause like, you know, essentially it's easy to imagine these, these immigrants and these like probably illegal immigrants that are being <laughs> flogged and driven out of these places that they're squatting mm-hmm. might end up in jails like the prophet. Yeah. Um, and like, it's like, is, 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 are we seeing the origin story of that? I don't know. That's, that's, that's one theme. I can't remember enough about, um, I felt like the, a, a prophet was a slicker movie. Like it this, was, this, yeah. This felt very. Everything is 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 not even steady canned. It's just a dude holding the camera and swinging it from back, subject to subject, and everything's naturally yeah. lit. And there's no sets. It's it's it is what it is. Whereas Prophet like seemed like a much bigger production. Yeah, and I do think um, a Prophet was a little bit better plotted. Like I I know they were both similarly like matter of fact. It certainly had a much more conventional storytelling structure. Yeah, yeah. With a little bit of trippy kind of dream elements put in here and there. Yeah. Um, the action, like, as I remember, like, the, the gun battle mm-hmm. inside in the, the, street, the, the car, the, yeah. the car like, like, really being pulsed. There was nothing kind of like that. Most of the violence in right. this was just matter of fact. Like, a guy got hit in the face with a frying pan, got yeah. punched a few times. 
there it is. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's very much Sonny beating the piss out of uh, Carlos in The Godfather. There's, yeah. there's no like toll booth scene. <laughs> there was a lot of more build up to the violence too. True, like you you saw it coming. You knew that it was yeah um, just around the corner. And so when it got there, you were kind of in more anticipation of it. It did feel like, yeah, like the the violence was around literally every corner. Yeah. Whereas, Whereas in this movie, it it is always under the surface, but yeah. it never feels imminent in huh. in, a, in a strange way too. It's like at any moment this thing could break out into violence. However, yeah, it's not building to that violence. I don't see it escalating in the same way that like a prophet did. Okay. All right. Because I was going to say the other thing is like I think that the the possibility of violence is ever present in this film in the way that in a prophet there was clearly stretches of the film where the main character was pretty much safe or sure you know he wasn't under immediate threat where in this film it feels like that even when he's out having a good time with his friends at a bar mm-hmm. because we've seen that turn violent like in all these like just like kind of weird you know low level gangster slumlord montages like yeah. you know you might start kicking the shit out of somebody or someone might start kicking the shit out of you like it was, and even if his buddies, like, the way they were dealing with each other and joking, like, it got, like, really violent. Like, them breaking into his apartment. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, what the hell? Like, I, I might call the cops on these fucking psychos. I gotta, uh-huh. you know. Like, they're not willing to wait. And I, the other thing is, like, did you, man, that this is how I thought, this this is how ever-present the violence was. I was almost certain that they were going to take him out to this abandoned building and sh- kill him. Right. Uh Yeah. It's and and you're right, but none of that ever ever paid off on any kind of level that you thought. He never got his hands broke. He never yeah. got drugged to like a, a abandoned tenement and shot. No, and even the Russian didn't get his brains blown out at the end like you think he's going to get. And to what end? Yeah, and and the movie wasn't trying to build the anticipation of this outburst of violence. It was just kind of a steady state thing where, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Um, it, it was a different kind of tension that I felt throughout yeah. the movie like like it wasn't intentionally trying to direct my yeah. my um you know my worry for uh-huh. this character it was more just like i'm generally worried about the guy because he's All in right. a weird situation here interesting podcast because like normally when we have a difference of opinion and we talk about it like i feel like i come one of us comes to one side or the other but like yeah. I feel like i understand what you're saying i just still feel like i don't know the movie the movie hit me in a in a, in a better spot than you no I, I think it largely worked it was just there, there was something that was missing that left uh-huh. me a little cold. But uh-huh. other than that, it was no, it I was totally very well that. acted and directed and all that. Um, so that is uh, a prophet, or no? That is the <laughs> the the title that my mouth skipped. That is the the beat that my heart skipped. Um, if I mean, I feel like you, we've we've definitely painted a picture, and you know whether you're going to see this movie or not. Um, I think it's a great movie. It's it's. Um, if you like watching people smoke cigarettes, definitely watch this movie because holy yeah. shit! Yeah, they really smoke like they really smoke like they're on fire. Yeah, um, I, I think it's a great film. It's a you know a, you you got to be comfortable with subtitles and all that stuff, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's rewarding. And I think that everyone would probably take away something a little bit different. Like it'd be interesting to get other perspectives on that. But I think I appreciate you. Uh, 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 sticking sticking with the process, Melanus, because I know there was like he I his first choice. I think he got a little nervous about like, well, maybe it's too out there, it's too French or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's it relies too much on the lo- the location and idioms and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I appreciate you suggesting this movie. I'm glad I got to see another film um, from the guy who made Un Profit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry that I can't speak French better um, or pronounce anything <laughs> French in any way. 
Uh, but thanks for your support and Commissioner's Podcast. We will be back the next time with a movie that I'm really excited to see. I haven't seen it in a very long time, but I have a very high opinion of Heat. Yes. Uh, it's, 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 it's that hmm. time. We'll be sitting down to watch it, and, and that's the next Commission Podcast. Again, reminder everybody that Commission Q is closed. We're not accepting commissions. We're very far behind. Um, it, it's weird because uh, we have this uptick in interesting Commission Podcast because we're releasing Commission Podcasts again, but we're not accepting the entries. Yeah. So there you go. We, it's like we, you will be the first to know when we, when we re- reopen the queue. So until we get to heat, uh, we'll see you then. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.